right before Alec killed those 10 people, allegedly killed those 10 people and injured 14 others, he posted on his Facebook Private Recruit Manassian Infantry 0010, wishing to speak to Sergeant 4chan, please. And then it had a number, series of numbers and letters. The incel rebellion has already begun. We will overthrow all the Chads and Stacys. All hail the Supreme Gentleman, Elliot Roger. I wanted to get to this yesterday, but I didn't have a, a chance to do this. Facebook shut down the profile, and there were people saying that, you know, 4chan is kind of like a nefarious underground, you know, um, People that would, you know, get up to no good online, right? And basically, uh, they can go through the back door and post on people's Facebook pages and stuff. So people were wondering, was this a real post? But indeed, it did go up before uh, the attacks went down in the van. So I wanted to talk about incel and exactly what that uh, subculture is. We're joined now by uh, Professor Ross Henfler. He's a professor of uh, sociology at Grinnell College. Welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me. Well, thanks for being here. Uh, I, first of all, let's let's just uh, do a little basic crash course here. In cell, I understand it is uh, involuntary celibacy is what it stands for, or involuntary celibate. Uh, the irony of this group is it was started by a woman here in Toronto, I think, in Canada, and uh, you know she was just she wasn't having any luck with partners and started this group as kind of a support group, but it was taken over by uh, a bunch of guys who are not so happy. Who was Elliot Rogers off the top and how does he play into the incel uh, belief system? Well, Elliot Rogers killed uh, a number of people in Isla Vista, California, and he's infamous for writing up a manifesto um, prior to doing this that has become sort of a centerpiece amongst some of the participants in the incel subculture blaming women, blaming, uh, blaming his actions on re- being rejected by women, and uh, basically claiming that his actions were a response um, to all the poor treatment he'd faced at the hands of women. So he's become sort of a symbolic figure amongst men who feel like they've faced similar treatment. Incel is a term that most of us haven't heard before. I understand they have their this group has their own lingo and uh, beliefs. Can you give us a crash course in the lingo, which includes Stacy's and Chads? Yeah, Stacy's and Chads are basically caricatures for high status men and women. So a Chad is a good looking uh, man who's been successful with women, uh, who's sexually active, and whom women find attractive. And Stacy's, um, in a related way, are the caricature of a shallow woman who's just looking for a good-looking guy and who looks down upon uh, the the incels for not being as as attractive. It's interesting because immediately my mind springs to, well, this sounds like, you know, the popular girls and jocks from back in the day, you know, how people used to be broken down into groups. So um, is this a new phenomena, breaking people down into groups like this for people that don't seem to feel like they fit in? I don't think this is a new phenomenon at all. And there are always cases where people feel excluded or somehow uh, marginalized, you know, from what they see as the good things in life. I think what's somewhat new or maybe in a slightly different form is just the the extreme nature of some of these responses. So incel I see in some ways as a continuation of a misogynist backlash 
that we've seen over the last 20 or 30 years as women especially, but also people of color and LGBTQ people have become increasingly visible, have entered into spheres that were formerly dominated mostly by white, high-status, heterosexual men. And so the incels are sort of part and parcel of, of a, a response that in some ways is, is meant to remind women of their place and their place being um, valued for their beauty and being sexually available for men. So I think in some ways the, these violent um, attacks and the incel culture more broadly are symptoms of some bigger problems we have around men and masculinity more fundamentally. Yeah, incels being referred to as a subculture, the subculture of that masculinity or that typical version of what masculinity is. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. And they themselves are part of a larger kind of online presence, sometimes called the manosphere, in which men um, vent their frustrations and often their their hatred of women in various ways. And this is a really interesting case because um, heterosexual success is so central to dominant conceptions of masculinity. You know, we, we see this in some of our popular culture with films like The 40-Year-Old Virgin, which, you know, the joke of the film is that this poor guy, uh, you know, isn't, hasn't been able to be sexually active. Um, and so in some ways, you can understand some of the real pain that some of these men are experiencing, but their anger is is especially misplaced. They feel like women are judging them, um, but actually they're comparing themselves to other men and they're anticipating men's judgment. So there's sort of this self-induced kind of pain in that men have, have constructed the meanings of manhood around this sexual conquest. And then when some men aren't able to live up to that, they've, they've taken out their frustrations in very misogynistic ways. Would this group be possible without the Internet or online forums? Because I would imagine that, you know, if you're feeling this way and you go out and you look for others that feel this way, it kind of adds fuel to your fire, gives you a little bit of, uh, okay, I'm not alone on this. Maybe maybe I'm on to something. Maybe I can even get angrier. I do think that online spaces can facilitate bringing like-minded people together. So there's certainly something to be said that that could be fueling, you know, this kind of a group in particular. But I want to be careful in that there there have always been kind of homosocial spaces, men's only spaces in which men were able to talk about women in these ways, to treat women in these ways. And that, again, this is a, a very tragic and extreme um, manifestation of a broader problem, you know, as we're seeing with the Me Too movement um, and, and other movements there, there's a lot of uh, sexism out there, even in 2018. And so while the online spaces may, may create some new possibilities, I'd be careful about saying that they in any way created these kinds of sentiments. Is, uh, is this a fringe group? How many people would you think belong to, you know, this incel social movement? Yeah, unfortunately, it's almost impossible, I think, to accurately give a, a figure um, I would just say that it's probably a little bit bigger than people might think, even though most men aren't going to act out violently, uh, you know, as the cases we're seeing in the news now. Um, but it certainly it, it certainly prompts us to take uh, take this kind of online misogyny, misogyny seriously. If um, Alex uh, Manassian was part of this incel group and it, you know, 
based on the Facebook post, people can, you know, assume that uh, it's a little early for definitiveness here. But, you know, I know that uh, Toronto police are considering this uh, to be a deliberate act, not an act of terrorism. Yesterday, I opened up the phone lines and uh, one woman that called in said, you know, this could be considered an act of terrorism because it involves an ideology. What, what do you say to that? Could is incel is that group? Do they have their own ideology or is it just a social movement? I don't know if they have a fully articulated ideology that, you know, makes it a, a social movement in a particular way. But their ideology, again, is in some ways just an extreme form of a dominant ideology um, where men have come to expect certain things and especially higher status and often white heterosexual men. And so we, in, in some ways we can talk about them having a sense of aggrieved entitlement. And their ideology is that they understand the world in a certain way that, and they in some, in some cases harken back to a previous era in which you could make sexist jokes and have locker room talk without fear of any kind of reprisal. And so when you see the Me Too movement, you see these high-status men losing their jobs, I think that can be perceived as kind of a threat to this, uh, and you can call it an ideology, but this sort of this common sense understanding of uh, a male-dominated world. And so when that sense of entitlement is called into question, when it's threatened, when new kinds of masculinities are, are uh, gaining visibility and are valued, and when women are fighting for and in some cases gaining higher status, that entitlement is threatened, and then we see uh, these kinds of backlashes. Well, we're looking at this Facebook post that is, you know, uh, they feel was posted by Alec Manassian. He says, uh, the incel rebellion has already begun. Rebellion, that's a pretty powerful word. Do we, you know, are we taking incel less seriously because the target seems to be women? And what does that say about our society? I do think we have an incredibly serious problem of not taking violence and misogyny in general against women seriously enough. And I know that for some listeners that may be hard to believe, since we are in the midst of the Me Too movement and and that they're probably thinking that, well, the men in my life would never do these sorts of things. But violence uh, against women and against women of color, against trans women is relatively commonplace. And um, I think we need to work harder at taking it seriously. And the the irony of the incel rebellion comment is that this isn't really a rebellion at all. It's not about creating something new or shaking up the foundations of our society. It's actually more of a retreat back to classic forms of male domination. Um, so, I mean, the, I, I understand the rebellion in the sense of um, you know, the, that some of these men feel that they are actually the aggrieved ones, that women have a certain kind of a power. Um, but I, I really don't find it rebellious, rebellious in the least. Professor, uh, you are not only a professor of so- sociology at Grinnell College, but you've also written a few books. I know that uh, Rob Trevisan has read one of your books. I was pretty excited to hear you coming on. Maybe you could just uh, list out a few books because I, f- I find uh, you incredibly informative and interesting. So I wouldn't mind getting my hands on some books, and I'm sure I'm not alone. So uh, maybe give us an idea of where we could read more. Sure. I did a book called Subcultures, the Basics, which just helps people understand subcultures, broadly speaking. I've got one called Goths, Gamers, and Girls, which delves into some more specific subcultures and is a nice introductory text. And then I did a book 
called um, Straight Edge, which is about a movement within the hardcore punk community in which people make a commitment to abstain from alcohol, tobacco, uh, and drugs um, for their lives. So it's sort of a rebellion within a rebellion. It's clean living punk rock kids. I'm working with one right now. <laughs> That's great. Fantastic. I, I kid you not. You message. All right. Well, he will. He's the guy that told me about your books. Listen, uh, Professor, it's been uh, a pleasure having you on the show. It's been an enlightening and informative and really an intriguing discussion. And uh, now you've supplied us with some light summer doc reading. Thank you so much. <laughs> And thank you. Have a good afternoon. You too. That's Professor Ross Henfler, who is a professor of sociology at Grinnell College.